Welcome to Ashes with Ash, the podcast bringing you audio stories from your cigar aficionado community around the world. Join me on this adventure to seek out the most incredible stories from our cigar lounge friends, owners, and customers. Let's tap into these stories with a little smoke and ash. Welcome back to another episode of Ashes with Ash. Today, Brie is joining us to tell us of her many adventures in the world of music, psychology, mixology, and cigars. I hope you all enjoy. My fun hat on now that I don't have my comfy headphones. Oh, I like that hat. It's cute. Thank you. Yeah, it's beautiful here today. I know. Where are you at again? So um, right now I'm at our uh, Twin Smokes Top Hookset location in um, New Hampshire, Hookset, New Hampshire. Oh, nice. Beautiful. Yeah. Is that, is what that about a regular you? spot? Um, honestly, it's been a minute since I came over to our Hookset location. Uh, my, I usually spend my time anywhere between like Londonderry. Sometimes I go to like the Diplomat Lounge out in Queens. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm at a Pap Cigar Company in Lynchburg. Yeah. Oh wow, Tennessee, right? Or Virginia, Lynchburg, Virginia. Virginia. Okay. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I wish it was. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, what are you smoking today? I am smoking a Liga Nine. Ooh, yum! It's um, I had the smaller Vitola, and then I was like, you know, I'm feeling a long smoke today. Nice. Yeah, I have the Long Live the King by Caldwell. Have you had them before? Oh, no, I actually haven't. There's, I'm obsessed with them lately. I've not had a cigar of theirs that I haven't liked. They're really good. Oh, Caldwell. Caldwell, yeah. They have one that's called that's Long Live so- the Queen. Love that one. So good. Oh, my goodness. I love the creative marketing that's been coming out with um, different brands lately. Right? It's the best. <laughs> How long have you been smoking? So I've been smoking, I want to say, about seven years. Uh, started out with my, my first job at Twins. Oh, cool. Yes, I've been there for about seven years now. Wow, nice. You still work there? Yep. I do. Um, I'm actually getting ready to move to Florida, though, next month. So wow. it's, um, it's going to be goodbye for now, Aww. which is kind of weird to me. It's been like my home for a long time. Yeah, seriously. What are you going to do in Florida? Um, I'm considering, well, I'm definitely going to pick up a couple of bartending shifts, hopefully at another cigar bar. Um, yeah. And I'm thinking of doing something remote during the week. I'm still in school right now, too. So that's kind of my main priority. But right. wherever I can make money in the meanwhile is awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Florida's got all of the cigar lounges, so... <laughs> should be that's what i'm hearing everyone's like oh corona cathedral (laughs) oh my gosh yeah how long have you been bartending you bartend at that lounge too yeah so it was kind of interesting um twins was what i would call my first real bartending job uh when i was about 18 or 19 i decided that i wanted to be a bartender um while i was in school and i went through that um cheesy little bartending course that teaches you all those classics like effects on the beach and cake otters that no one ever wants but nonetheless yeah it was still a good experience I got my certification and I um 
was determined never to be a server. So I started applying wherever I could, um, ended up at like this little dive bar in Lowell. And then I found Twins like a year later. So I <laughs> got in there and that's the so rest cool. is history. Yeah, that's, that's how I started smoking cigars too. It was just, um, I was like, I guess I don't have a problem with smoke. And then yeah. Kurt introduced me to uh, 724. And from there. <laughs> now you're here. That's so cool. Do you have like a favorite pairing? Kind of depends on the season. Right. I'm a big bourbon and tequila person. Mm-hmm. I'm also a big gin person. So in the summertime, I feel like tequila is my drink of choice. Tequila or gin. Um, and then depending on what I'm smoking, I'll, I'll really enjoy either like a bourbon or a coffee cocktail. Ooh, so like yeah. if, if I were to have something with my, my Liga right now, I'd probably go cliche and say that I'm either having an espresso martini or, or maybe like a pour of mixer small bat. Oh, espresso mm-hmm. martini sounds so good right now. I know. It's great in the summer, the winter. Oh, as God. much as we hate making them behind the bar when it's playing. <laughs> yes. It's got to be so annoying. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you get five in a row. Yeah, right. So what's something if someone's first like comes into the lounge and they never smoked before, what's like a pairing you usually suggest for them to start with? So just going um, from what is honestly the mildest, the smoothest without being infused and also the fact that it is a home brand. Um, if someone's a completely new smoker, I'll usually lead them to um, the 724 WK Connecticut series just because like it's mm. an easy smoke, nothing to it. Either that or um, I'll, you know, I'll typically ask if they're looking for something that's infused or if they're looking for something that's not infused and um, have a little bit more creative liberty when it's not infused because Clearly, the only things that we really carry that are flavored are like the Deadwood series, the acids. So you're kind of limited there. We have some of the dramas. Um, but yeah, so typically I'll, I'll lead them to any Connecticut wine, but especially our 724 series. Very easy. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So like, do you, do you kind of mainly stick to your lounge or do you like to go out and explore different lounges and stuff? Definitely the latter. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really interesting because um, the first few years that I worked there, and that that was my only environment for cigar smoking, and so I felt maybe more uncomfortable venturing out from my own lounge. For sure. Yeah. So typically, um, I I didn't really go anywhere else until maybe like three or four years of working at Twins, and then I was like, oh, like you know, it's like late night, we're gonna stop into Castro's, or oh, hey, I'm more recently like out in this new area let's go check out the cigar bars out there and see like what it's like in every different area um so it's i mean new hampshire is interesting i think there's probably like there's only a handful of cigar lounges here and they're all located kind of um in different areas like there's portsmouth on the coast with um federal and then castro's and you know bedford and manchester twins were out in like londonary and hookset so and then way out in key they dip on that so it's easy to just be justified as i'm in the area and i'm going to stop into my nearest cigar bar and support them yeah. i think everyone's pretty friendly in this area with um supporting each other like all being small businesses and that's awesome i love that <laughs> um <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry i'm just choking on nothing it happens 
I do the same thing. That's why I'm laughing. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> oh, what's something that you look for in a cigar lounge? Like when you're going to a cigar lounge, what makes you think I'm gonna hang out here and smoke a cigar? So for one, it it seems very superficial, but at the end of the day, it's somewhere I'm going to relax. So the ambiance is huge for me. It's um, like you know, you walk in, it's somewhat clean. Like it's I don't like bright lighting. You know, it's a little bit dim, just very relaxed. Um, and then going further from there, just being a bartender and a lover of bourbon and fine spirits, right. it it is always a nice touch when they do have um either like some kind of bar or um like some degree of selection, which is not the end of the world. I've definitely gone places where it's BYOB, which is also nice. You can kind of just enjoy whatever you prefer to enjoy. Right. Um, save some money. Um, but yeah, I think overall it's, it's the sense of community and the sense of ambiance. Um, yeah. The ambiance is one thing. And then, um, you know, just meeting people that are chill like-minded everyone's just there to have a good time there's no like cookiness or hostility yes, yes I love so, that yeah I, so, I can say I've yet to walk into a cigar bar where like I, I felt awkward so that's oh, good. a good experience that's awesome is it mostly cigar bars where you are is it difficult like is the smoking and drinking kind of hard to do in New Hampshire so it it kind of is, you know, like you go down south and there's places where there's restaurants attached, like cigars, collabs. Um, up here it is a little bit stricter. Like we're not allowed to have or serve or sell any kind of food. Like um, you can't even have like a popcorn machine just because of the, we have a liquor license and a tobacco license. So there are um, a mix of bars that will just have a lounge, like no liquor license per se. Yeah. Um, but then I'd say the majority of them do have a bar. Um, it's just yeah. kind of, I think, probably the more profitable way to go. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it is. New Hampshire is a little bit strict, less strict than Mass, of course. So we're grateful for that. Yeah. That's but, so weird. Like Virginia, mm-hmm. I would have to go like two hours away to, to find a cigar bar. Like it's actually really hard. Oh, wow. Like you can't have liquor and tobacco unless you sell food. And you have to have mm-hmm. like, a separate smoking area for non-smoking if you're going to serve food and alcohol. Like, it's so wow. annoying because <laughs> I miss it. Like, I, know. I, I I lived in New York City forever and that was just, I just went to cigar bars all the time, just cigar bars. It's oh, just, wow. it's, I love cigar lounges every now and then, but I don't know. There's just something more comfortable about a cigar bar to me. Uh, engaging yeah there's more to do you know right. like <laughs> and I always feel like there's yeah. more women in cigar bars than lounges oh yeah absolutely yeah. oh wow. yeah it seems yeah. like it's um it's I know right oh. it seems <laughs> like it's a common business model to right. have um one location be like a bar and lounge and then have another location and then just BYOB lounge yeah. like you know twins does that Astro does that or actually yeah, yep, Castro's does that. Um, interesting. Like some yeah. places just have soft like, like right. so that. Yeah, that's like what we have here. We can't even allow BYOB in our lounge because the liquor laws won't oh, allow wow. it unless you're a private member. Mm-hmm. So the private members can, but yeah. that's so weird. It is. Yeah. 
rules and regulations. What are you going to do? (laughs) Exactly. But we do like a lot of events at different restaurants and stuff. So we do get the opportunity to have our crowd be able to drink and smoke at different places. Yeah. That's an interesting concept to the whole cigar events industry where there's no brick and mortar, no physical location, but you're promoting the product specifically for an event, which gives that exclusive feel. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Weird stuff. Okay, so you're in school for psychology, right? Yeah, so it's been quite the journey with school. Um, Way back when, before, like probably right before twins, I went to Berkeley College of Music and I was studying music therapy. Um, I decided that I was going to take a break, did some soul searching, decided that I wanted to go broader and kind of explore my interests a little bit more. So I dropped out of that program and enrolled for my undergrad in um, psychology. So I, I got my bachelor's in psychology at FNHU, and now I'm in their master's program for clinical mental health counseling so that I can eventually be a counselor. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, and then in between all that, just to you know, the interest just go in all different directions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was, um, what was it, a minor in graphic design, just because okay. I, I was doing, like, the marketing for Twins for a little while. Oh, cool. um, or, And for 724. So, like, for probably a year or two, I did our social media and some of our marketing. And then just went back to only being on the bar. So, they, they've worked with me and put me in different positions. And Oh, how cool. That's awesome. So what made you want to get into psychology and counseling? Um, honestly, it's kind of kind of a mix of things. Yeah. I mean, growing up, my, my aunt was a home care provider, so she always had us um, or was taking care of people with disabilities. Like she had someone that lived with her um, that was her dependent. And so I got really familiar with that population, people with disabilities. Um, and cognitive disorders. Um, so that was one aspect of it where I was just like, oh, I kind of want to work with this population. And then just going further, um, I've always kind of had a tendency and a predilection towards wanting to help people and wanting to understand people. So the basis of my interest in psychology is just like what's going on in people's heads. People are so strange. They do so many different things for so many different reasons. Um, so it was kind of a combination of my unique curiosity and a desire to help people get through what they're getting through. I feel like mental health is just extremely important, especially in this day and age. For sure. Oh my gosh, yeah. What's something that you learned in school that you kind of practice regularly? Oh man. <laughs> now I'm I'm going back through the years. I'm like, okay, undergrad right. <laughs> right now. Honestly, I, I feel like um, my best learning experiences were hands-on. So we we had um, a residency for my counseling program, and we pretty much just had, like, our, what is it, our whole class at this conference center. Um, and we were all broken off into groups with different professors and we had to do like mock counseling sessions and like it was interesting because that was a lot of our first time actually like assuming the role of the counselor and just like everyone for the most part had to be pretty honest so it was literally like where we were all coming to counseling and um, I, I think like 
something that I just apply in everyday life is trying to utilize like those active listening qualities and um, just realizing how human everyone really is. So I feel like it's more of um, more of a principle of um, the mentality that they encourage in the counseling profession that I would say is something I try to incorporate in my everyday life. Um, just the concept that everyone has a struggle and you have no idea what they're going through. So just be kind. Totally, yeah. So mm-hmm. when are you going to open up your counseling slash cigar lounge? <laughs> Honestly, I've joked about it, but part, part of me hopes that it's <laughs> Dude, I would be so much more comfortable if my therapist would let me just smoke a cigar in there. (laughs) Honestly, keep an eye out. That might happen one day. (laughs) I'm in. I will travel to Florida for therapy if you do that. (laughs) (laughs) That's the other thing. I'm like, I'm I'm not even sure um, where I'm going to end up wanting to be permanently. I've I've thought about North Carolina. Like, I'm going to explore Florida at least for a year, see how I like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Who knows? Maybe I'll end up back here. Maybe I'll end up in the south. Maybe the west. But <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Got to figure it out. Open yeah. to it all, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of using this time while I'm in school to like enjoy my niche interests and figure out like what what I like and don't like about different areas in the U.S. before yeah. settling into an internship and getting licensed in a certain state. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah. Um, what's like a cigar lounge you really want to visit? Like something you've heard of in the United States or elsewhere? Like what's something, a place you really want to visit? So honestly, uh, since I announced I was moving to Florida, there are so many people that are in that crossover state between New Hampshire and Florida where there's, if they live up here, they go there very frequently for vacation or there throughout the summer or the winter or vice versa. Um, so a lot of the clients at Quinn are very familiar with Florida. So they come in and they have all these recommendations. And I think most recently they've been hyping up um, cathedral cigars and um, is it Corona. So now I'm kind of like, I, I looked at cathedral online and fell in love. I was like, oh my goodness, they have like everything. <laughs> so no, it looks so I think beautiful. that's one place right yeah. now. I'm like, I need to go. <laughs> yeah. So, you think you're you're gonna look for like a cigar lounge to work in or cigar bar, right? Yeah, you know, I was torn at first. I'm I'm still like a little bit torn, um, just because I I think I'm gonna try and do something else full time during the week, possibly related to um my career goals, possibly just like something remote. Um, and so in one way, I'm only really looking to bartend on weekends but if the right opportunity presents itself I, I would be interested to uh like pick something up in a cigar bar because as much as I say oh no I'm just gonna go work at like you know a speakeasy or a club or whatever it's, I always keep coming back so well like I know I can always smoke cigars but I will miss being immersed in the industry as much if I, I know, if I were right? to stop working in a cigar bar so I'm kind of torn there between trying something new and just sticking with what I know even though it's in a new environment yeah that's awesome so you're a singer too is that right oh yeah (laughs) Yeah? do you play any instruments you just like singing yeah so um singing was my original passion like grew up in the church typical story um got into it in school got into theater choir all that jazz no pun intended (laughs) and um just 
from there, I started accompanying myself on guitar. That was when I decided to go to Berkeley, which further pushed the whole um, like performance art aspect. And then I decided, oh, I want to use music to like help people. And um, now it's it's one of those things where I want to get back to it slightly on the back burner. Um, but I also taught myself bass in between all of the music stuff and I ended up playing nice. bass in a death metal band for a couple of years. Nice. So I do um, bass, guitar, little piano, acoustic guitar, singing. <laughs> that is awesome. Wow. Yeah. I do like just learning different instruments, picking them up, using them. Um, maybe I'm considering getting back into gigging, getting maybe some recording projects started. Um, just recently did a little feature with one of our local performers, Eddie Dyer. So that was fun. Reminded me how much I miss it. <laughs> yeah, right. What kind of stuff do you like to sing? Um, so there's been a few times where I've ended up um, hopping on with some of the performers when we had live music at Flynn. And um, usually it like the stuff that people really like for my voice was very jazzy, bluesy stuff. Um, like I performed a lot of like Etta James, um, Nora Jones, Stuff kind of like that, contemporary Amy Winehouse. Nice. Um, but yeah, I like to sing a little bit of everything, but for the most part, that's my niece. Um, yeah. Branching out from there, more contemporary stuff like Florence and the Machine. Okay. Um, so you said. Uh, when I'm in the right mood, country. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned uh, music therapy. What does that look like? So, music therapy, a lot of times when you tell people that they're like yeah music is therapy it makes you feel good and you're like yeah but like there's a whole profession for it um pretty much it's an evidence-based um practice so there's like a lot there was a lot of research that was done is being done um and they play a lot into neuropsychology and the, the impact that music has on different parts of the brain um so a lot of times music therapy would get a start in those situations where you have someone with like a traumatic brain injury and um you know they formulate they, they're studying like binaural beats um even just like recognition of like familiar songs that bring back memories and make create some kind of connection in the brain that might not have been there through like if for example like your speech pathways are ruined in some kind of accident but and your brain can't relate to the part that processes speech but it can relate to the part that processes music so um, pretty much it's just using different mediums, whether it's um, as simple as going in and working with kids who have learning disabilities to help them learn through music, up to going in with patients who have traumatic brain injuries and um, trying to reconnect different parts of the brain. So it has a very wide berth of uses, um, populations and settings, but for the most part, um, you can use anything from a guitar in your voice to technology and it's really just about um going in as a psychology or counseling professional and using music sorry specifically as um I did what you did earlier. I know really. <laughs> you're thinking as dramatic as mine though. I was like <laughs> I feel like it was. I'm like <laughs> oh. <laughs> But yeah, so when when I was doing music therapy, just in the very beginning, um, like student phases, they had put us in different practicums. So our first one was early intervention. So we went in with our guitar with like a group of um, like pre-K to kindergarten children who had 
possible learning disabilities and trauma and sitting with them in a classroom setting and getting them all to engage on one topic. So you'd be singing like a song that would engage them. They'd be moving because they're paying attention to you. You would then move on to like a learning concept, like things that we use in the morning or like colors or stuff like that. Um, and then the next craft they come step up was um, the geriatric setting, I believe. So it was working with um, people with like Alzheimer's and dementia. And it was more of um, a mood stabilizing activity at that point. A lot of them were like an end of life treatment and like the music would bring them back to a better time. It would enhance their quality of life uh, during, you know, situations like sundowning where they become agitated and cantankerous. Um, then the third practicum was just research, which was just very focused on how to conduct proper research, looking out for um, things that are relevant, peer-reviewed, all that, just covering all of the theoretical basis um, or basic. Um, and then I had left the program, but after that, it would have been a psychiatric setting. That is so interesting. <laughs> so does it come more down to like, genres or like sound waves or is that kind of like the same thing (laughs) um kind of hand in hand it's like some of like there's just such a vast array of research out there um so it can cover anything from like the extremely scientific side of it which is like sound waves binaural beats like i was saying before and um audio perception to being as simple as like oh like this genre can be used with this population because it's a b and c factory so it's pretty pretty broad honestly yeah wow that's so cool what's like a have you like experimented on yourself at all are there like certain genres or sounds that work well with you for like anxiety or just relaxing or something like that yeah, I mean, I've my whole life I've always been a musical person. There's not a lot of things that I don't do without music. Right. Yeah. Like I listen to music in the shower. I'm getting ready. Like when I'm just relaxing at home, cleaning. It it taught me to be productive, to be honest. Yeah. Um. So I would say I've always just kind of um been in tune with music. Totally. No pun intended again. <laughs> um. But <laughs> it's it's also um I think about the time in my life when I was playing in the death metal band and of course people think of that music as very like angry they're like you're so nice you're the last person I would expect to like be in an angry (laughs) (laughs) but it was very much like um an outlet like you know I do it it was it felt powerful so there was certain music that just gets you hyped up you think about people with their gym playlists um yeah exactly it it really does make everyone feel some type of way and um, like even just meditation music and sleep music relaxing but yeah yeah that's something for everything I uh I when I go to the gym I listen to punk music like it's yeah I'm not into like the high energy like uh like house music or anything like that like this is a gimmick going I mean basically like freak it (laughs) you're like oh my god my air tones are bad yeah see everyone has something different like it's uh it really is fascinating yeah it is so are you 
still like interested in doing music theory with your psychology degree or are you kind of more interested in like the counseling aspect of it now? So I'll always be an advocate for music therapy um, for sure. And I think when I left the program, part of me was in the mindset of I want to have the basics of um, and the scientific backing of just general psychology, general counseling, and then be able to apply different techniques. So I'm interested in um, like mindfulness meditation as a tool. I'm interested in music therapy as a tool. Um, even just like another fascinating kind of hypnotherapy. Like there's just so many things within the counseling setting that you can use as a tool. So I'm kind of hoping to just get the general basis of counseling and then be able to take extra certifications in each of those things. Yeah. So I'm definitely always going to be a a music therapy advocate. Definitely. So you're a musician, singer, psychologist, cigar smoker, mixologist. What other hobbies do you have? Oh, man. Well, when I have time, I'll, I'll play the occasional video game. I will... Like I, I think I was saying, I guess it kind of plays in, pick up a new instrument, um, play Magic the Gathering. <laughs> just like, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of just like um, all of those things that I haven't had time for since childhood Right. Um, that I enjoy doing. Reading is another big one. Yeah. Um, one of those, those weirdos that's into crystals and stuff. Nice. As you can probably tell. (laughs) I love it. No, you look so cool. I thought I looked cool earlier. Now I'm looking at myself in the screen compared to you. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm such a loser. (laughs) I promise you it's only because I'm wearing a hat. (laughs) (laughs) It's just that. I need a hat. I put the hat on and everything. Oh my God, it's awesome. How many tattoos do you have? Do you know? (laughs) Oh, I don't honestly. It's uh it kind of just it started with like three roses on my hip when I was 18 yeah and I always knew I wanted like I was that kid that was like mom I want to be covered in tattoos and she's like no you don't it's a face (laughs) and then I I, (laughs) like sorry I got one and I like it now I want this one and that one and the other one so um it was I think I got most of my tattoos in the span of like two or three years Wow. Um, like I, I did that thing where I, you know, I turned 18, I got one. Um, the next year as I got out of school, started like working, being an adult and had more disposable income. I was like, I'm going to start my sleeve because I wanted to sleep. And, um, I had like a good friend that was a tattoo artist. So I was every weekend. That's what I did. I just go to the shop and get something else <laughs> that I oh, wanted. That's perfect. I need a tattoo friend. Where are my tattoo friends? Yeah. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. It was still expensive, but I was like, it probably would have been more. I know, right? Yeah. But yeah, just kind of, they all have to be the cliche. They all do have a meaning to me in some capacity, even if it's a silly one. Yeah. Um, But yeah. That's awesome. Like the hands, arms, got one here. One of my like chest area one on my the back of my neck but did that hurt your chest area like that sounds so So, honestly the the one on my stomach was just weird because it's such like a hollow area yeah so it's like they're poking nothing and you you feel like the wind's getting knocked (laughs) oh but I think my most painful one was the roses right here just because 
I was like at a tattoo convention sitting in a hard chair. I had to like lean back. They kept like rubbing the skin to see if like just my my neck was sore from going like that for three hours. <laughs> yeah, that's like I, my whole yeah. back. I have like three lotus flowers all the way down my back. Oh, but, like at the top of my neck hurts so bad. Everyone's like, I bet your spine hurt the worst. So I was like, for some reason, just the top of my neck was so sensitive. Oh, yeah. I think it's a weird area. Like, yeah, supports no. your whole head. You're just... <laughs> yeah, but that one, I actually, this, it was an apprentice that did it. So it was a lot cheaper mm-hmm. because he was apprentice, but his teacher basically did the whole thing. But I still got the apprentice price. Wow. <laughs> You're like, works for me. Yeah, right. <laughs> this one on my arm. Yeah was really interesting. I was in Colorado and it was my birthday. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. It's like a little mountain. It's my little Colorado oh, nice. tattoo. And oh, yeah. I it was just like last minute I was about to fly back home and I was like I want a tattoo before I leave and I just stumbled in this random place and the guy was tattooing me and at the end of it I realized I was like wait, your your tattoo gun didn't make any noise. Like it didn't have that scary, like, <laughs> yeah. and he was like, yeah, I have this special gun with like this special coil where it doesn't make a noise. I'm like, I swear that oh made God. it so much less painful. Cause I think when you hear that sound, yeah. you're like, ah, it's going to hurt. But I know. Exactly. Like, yeah. And I just it's, stumbled it, in that place. Yeah. And then it turned out he was like yeah. one of the best people in the West or whatever. And I was like, I did not realize that. <laughs> I mean, he has a quiet tattoo gun. I would. <laughs> that's amazing. Makes sense now. <laughs> oh, it is crazy how the the sound influences like how you hype it up in your head and the pain. Like, yeah, I went through that with my wisdom teeth. I got them out, and they're like, "Wow, it'll be cheaper if you don't do anesthesia. You're only getting two out." So it's, I was like, "All right, I'm going to be brave. Just numb me up, and I'm I'll be awake." <laughs> so. I like going. I'm super nervous. I have no idea what to expect. Um, I, I was like, can I wear my headphones so I don't hear it? That's a good idea. And so I, on one hand, I wanted to be able to um, interact with them. But then on the other hand, I was like, I don't want to hear what's going on. Yeah. So I have them in. And um, when he's like doing the numbing, my headphone pauses and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so I unpause it after. And um, I ended up turning the volume down because I wanted to hear what they were saying. Yeah. Um. And no matter how loud I turned the volume up, I still felt the like the, the buzzing, and I didn't feel anything. But I was like shaking because I was like, "Oh my god, it's so loud!" It's in my head. <laughs> it sounds like they're drilling into my. They are drilling into my jaw. Thank God, I never got my wisdom teeth. It just never happened. And thank God because oh, I'm man. I'm so bad at the dentist that like every time I go in. They're like, you have to take Xanax before you walk in the store. And even st- oh they, they prescribe me Xanax just to go in there. And even still, like, <laughs> I hate it. I don't know what it is. I'm just like, stop, get out of my mouth. I hate it. It just freaks me out. I hate it. It's freaky. Yeah, I always feel like I'm like drowning or choke. Like, it's just bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like the molds that they take. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I hate that. I just like, it, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just hate it there. <laughs> bad <laughs> yeah I know and I've never had my wisdom teeth but somebody told me the other day they're like well I wasn't I was 30 years old when I got my wisdom teeth and I was like do not tell me that 
<laughs> I was oh thinking I never would get them. So <laughs> no, it's it's, it's like a common misconception. Like there was a guy at, at Twins the other day, and he's probably like sixty upwards, and he's like, "I just had to get my wisdom teeth out." I was like, "Oh my god, you poor thing." <laughs> no. <laughs> Like I just even for like a dental cleaning, I want to be like sedated under oh anesthesia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it never happens. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I know it's the uncertainty for me. Like they're like, okay, you got two out, you have two more, but you don't need to take them out right now. And in your head, you're like, but what if I do one? Day? <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I hate it. <laughs> my gosh, I don't even know how we got to this topic. <laughs> That's a good question. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so what do you got going on the rest of your Sunday? So Sundays are normally my homework days. I have, um, yeah, most of our stuff is due by midnight on Sunday. So I, I normally bartend Saturdays. Um, so I'll use Sunday as my wrapping up day to turn everything in for the week. And, um, nice. yeah, so I, I, again, I'll typically use a cigar bar for the day, settle in there. Um, Sundays, I usually like to either go to, uh, Diplomat or Castro Sedford because it's right down the street from me. It's quiet. And then Diplomat, it feels like an outing because it's all the way out of Heath, but like at the same time, like, you know, it's a cute little place. They have a little bar that can get away. I and focus on my stuff. Uh, I, I love being at Twins, but the downside is that when you work there, everyone knows you, so everyone comes and talks to you, and you're just like, I need to focus on my homework. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I can't take it. <laughs> I already have enough distractions in my head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of homework do you have today? Um, so I have to respond to a couple of my classmates' discussions that we have to do discussion post some week where we like record a video talking about um, whatever the prompt is that we um, and then we type out a response to our two of our classmates. So there's that. Um, I believe I need to finalize the research question for my final project. Um, we have to pretty much do like pose a research question, um, find peer-reviewed articles on it, and um, propose a, a hypothetical study. So I'm just narrowing down what my question's going to be, um, submitting a couple of journals to my teacher, and that's it for the most part. Well, mm-hmm. it sounds like a lot. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, I kind of, it's a lot, but it's also interesting. Like I'm, I'm grateful that it's something I have an interest in or else I like, I'm going to be the point of doing it, but. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's fun. At least there's that. <laughs> oh. oh, what's next? What about you? you? Anything? What's up? Oh, well, yeah. No, you go uh, ahead. No, I, I was just saying, what do you have planned for the rest of the day? I got nothing. I was going to take my dog to the park, but it just like, it started pouring down raining. So now I don't know what to do. That's kind of ironic because oh, it was supposed to be overcast here today. And it's like a beautiful Sunday. Anyway, it was it's gorgeous cool. there. It's cool. It was beautiful oh, earlier. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. But at least I'll have time to edit my podcast and put that out for everybody. Oh. Yeah. How do you, how do you normally like, um, schedule out your podcast 
I'm I'm kind of new to that industry and how different people do it. I mean, I normally will go on the one at Twins and they just broadcast it live every Monday night or Tuesday night. Um, But I've seen some people pre-record it and then post it and send it out to other platforms. How do you do this? Right. Yeah, I usually always pre-record it and then put it out. I don't really do live ever. I'm too scared like something's Mm going to mess up. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, so I usually pre-record it and then I put it out. I usually put it out on Sundays. I haven't done it in like two weeks because of my brain. What are you going to do? I feel you. <laughs> Finally happening. <laughs> yes. I know, you're, I you're my I comeback like, episode. Awesome. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> How do you normally like um to like people and topics and I've really I've found almost everybody through Instagram. I just like as soon as I see someone that looks That's cool, not- has a cool story, mm-hmm. I'm like I want to talk to you just like you. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I usually do that. Like I've interviewed quite a few like cigar celebrities is what they call them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but, like people that own like big cigar companies and stuff like that. But I've noticed that people that listen to the podcast, the more, the most listens I get is from not the cigar celebrities, just like the regular person oh, wow. random person they've never heard of and that i mean that's who i love hearing from too because i love i love the cigar mm-hmm. celebrities but i already know everything about them i want to learn about mm-hmm. them. they're used to getting interviewed all the time oh, exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're so good wow, at interviewing that's... and i'm just like yeah i like to more just yeah i like to more just talk and have a conversation and it feels like they're more yeah. used to like the interview side of it. Yeah. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. ready. But, but yeah. I'm sure fun. they probably find it refreshing too when they get to just like have a conversation and like yeah. talk about whatever they want to talk about instead of being like boxed into like, oh, what's the blend on your newest release? Like, which is cool. Exactly. It's like that's fascinating. Yeah. But I'm sure they feel at ease when they get to also talk about everything else going on. Exactly. Yeah. Cause like I, I, there's a lot of cigar podcasts that I listen to and I love them, but I feel like most of them kind of turn out to just be talking about that, like cutting and lighting and wrappers and stuff like that. I'm like, I want to talk to the person. Like, I want to know you. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know your dirty secret. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I'm like terrified of small talk. Like I, I just hate it. Like, yeah. I want to walk up to someone and be like, tell me the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Dude, and I'm just like, what? That's a bartender thing. It's like, oh, what's new? How you doing? And you're like, same old thing, living the dream. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, like I, I saw this, this um, picture the other day and it was, what did it say? It was like adulthood is lame because no one asks you what your favorite dinosaur is anymore. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what? I'm going to start more conversations like that. Like, yes, you, exactly. <laughs> That's what someone asked me my other day, what my opening line is on a dating app. And I was like, well, it's how many seagulls would you have to find in your house before you got suspicious that someone was putting them there? And they're like, Ashley, that's why you don't go on dates. So I was like, well, <laughs> I didn't think it's interesting. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that's how you learn about people. Just the strangest questions. Like, 
I almost feel like working in any kind of customer service industry is like conducting your own field research because you're just gathering data on a big consensus of people and what they like, what they talk about, how they act. Like it's it's almost fun when we just want to mess with people and can like do some social experimenting. Like, oh, if I say this to this person and then... (laughs) Right. Like, are they going to respond in a funny way or are they going to be like, what? (laughs) I want to know. It's funny to see, like, I have found that a lot of cigar smokers have a good, sarcastic sense of humor. Like, everyone's just constantly, like, pulling each other's (laughs) way. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's so fun to just go to a lounge and sit and talk to people. I mean, even yeah. going to a bar, people don't just like sit down and talk to you. I mean, you, you gotta have a cigar no, yeah. in your hand. Mm-hmm. And if they do at a regular bar, typically it's perceived as like weird or like, why is this person speaking to you? It's so true. <laughs> but at the cigar bar, it's like everyone's just like friendly. It's yeah. Like, um, yeah. I don't know. I think a lot of people have a preconceived notion, especially if they don't smoke a lot of cigars or go into lounges frequently that they're going to walk in and they're going to feel ostracized and excluded and like it's going to be like right. just a bunch of like bumpy guys sitting there but like a lot of people that like have come into friends are like oh well I, I used to never smoke I came in I was pleasantly surprised the customers were so nice they all like helped me out yeah. like it's yeah, yeah it's between so like different. staff and just customers so yeah Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The culture mm-hmm. has changed so much because I, I get it. I feel like I've gone into a few lounges where people are just looking at me like, what is she doing here? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it's so just over the past couple of years, like it is just known that women are out here. We want to smoke and mm-hmm. we want to hang out. So, yeah, and so much better. Definitely. <laughs> there has been like um, a growing presence. And again, back to your comment about like when there's a bar versus when there isn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like like females that come in Saturday nights at Twins is where like couples night. Like it's always like the couples, the groups, like uh, yeah. like the occasional random woman. But yeah, right. Yeah, it's like when definitely we, we did this one event at a bar, and then there were so many women there. And this guy that works here, he was like, why are these women, where where do they come from? Like, why don't they ever come into the lounge? I'm like, it's because we don't have alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) New category, alcoholic women. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it is. I mean, I'm the same way that I'd rather go to a cigar bar than a lounge. And it's not like I'm trying to get drunk. It's just no, you have more options though. So what yeah. to do? Like you're like, okay, yeah. Yeah, and caring and yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it is. It's fun. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been awesome. Where can everybody find you on social media? We've got to follow your journey to Florida. Yeah, yep. Um, I I'm also very active on Instagram. I think that's my favorite platform. Um, so I, I have Facebook and Instagram, but it's, it's just my my tag at Bree McCole. Yes, with an M. Everyone, everyone's like, wait, do you mean an N? I'm like, nope, it's just M-I-C-O-L-E. It's weird. It's actually my name. <laughs> yeah. B-R-E. M-I-C-O-L-E. Yep. All right. But yeah, no, this is uh, really cool. Yeah, I appreciate the honor. 
Of course. Yeah, this is so much fun. Thank you for taking the time. Sorry, it was so chaotic this morning. <laughs> no, same. Likewise. We got it. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, well, awesome. Oh. You have a great rest of your day and let me know when you're in Florida because I need to go there too. I really want to see the cathedral and all the places in Florida. So yeah, wanna... I'm going to say once I'm down there, you're welcome to come out. Yes. <laughs> Or go smoke a cigar in person. Yes, that'd be perfect. All right, well, thanks. Thank you, Ash. Nice meeting you, talking with you. You too. Thank you again, Brie, for taking the time to share your journey with us. Everyone be sure to follow Brie on Instagram to follow her on her exciting adventures everywhere it takes her. I'm so excited to see where life takes you. And honestly, it's so refreshing meeting someone else that has multiple goals and dreams and follows them all. It's just so cool. Links to her Instagram will be in the show notes. And everyone, listen up because time is running out. Pap Cigar Company's five-year anniversary is this month and we are celebrating this Thursday, May 11th, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the Sedgefield Barn in Forest, Virginia. Francisco Almonte from DBL Cigars is going to be there rolling for us. We're going to have the best Cuban food and anyone that knows a Pap's event knows it's my dad and stepmom's food. So if you know, you know, it's the best food you'll have all year. We're also gonna have beverages and special raffles. The grand prize being a six month membership to PAP Sanctuary, the 24 hour private lounge for you to access and enjoy at any time, as well as a $250 gift card to Hilton Properties. Come join us at the beautiful farm in the gorgeously newly built event barn for some great fun, excellent cigars, and of course, the best people you can possibly meet Tickets are $20. Call now and reserve your spot. I'll see you there and I'll talk to you soon.